0: Big V Racing, and Mick McGuong joins us always on a Friday. Good to catch up with him. How are you, Mick?
1: Good day, Sean. Yeah, I'm terrific. Yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You ab- I'm uh, about to go and host a cricket function for the Kenwell Cricket Club, and Brian Lara, the great Brian Lara, is the guest speaker. Can't wait to interview him.
0: How good will he be to hear?
1: Oh, he'll be absolutely outstanding, and we will never forget he's 270-odd in Sydney, and he named his first daughter, I think, after that experience. He named her Sydney, and about his Adelaide double tone, 400 in Test cricket, and then his 500 at Warwickshire. So we've got a lot to uh, delve into. Can't wait to
0: hear his responses. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Now, uh, what a weekend of sport we've got coming up. I mean, we've got Caulfield, uh, the Zipping Classic, and that's got a bit of intrigue around it now with that late scratching uh, without a fight. Yeah, it's an
1: interesting race, isn't it? It's obviously over 2,400, and the Zipping Classic is synonymous with uh, the Sandown race courses, as we know, but at Caulfield tomorrow it gives a Group 2 event, down to clear, I thought, was really good in the Melbourne Cup. Back on the dry, it's a legitimate chance to win the race. Per sand to kill Mara and David Eustace, the All Conquering stable. We know how good they are with Stators. Number four, it'll run well. He'll probably get up on speed and be handy all race. But I'm down. I'm with the one down the bottom, uh, number nine, Winchies, uh, for Blackie Sheen, he's in fantastic form. I thought it was terrific against the horse that so we're going to hear a lot of next year, and that's, that's the Chris Waller train, Solcom in the Queen Elizabeth at and I thought Loonce's ran particularly well that day. It was good in the Geelong Cup behind em- Emissary as well, so I think it's the logical one. So my money will be attracted to Loonce's uh, in the uh, Zipping Classic
0: tomorrow, Sean. It's a good race, actually, uh, Mick. I mean, you look, there's half a dozen each-way chances.
1: Yeah, there is. There's some value there if you want to search, and you think Desert Icon will probably get up on speed for Willow. Uh, there might be good pace, genuine pace, and a horse like Bowen to clear back on the dry. And we know Johnny Allen's got a great uh, affiliation with horses in spaying races, and he's patient. Uh, you know, that horse will be given every chance to win the Zipping Classic for tomorrow, but other horses that the hunters could entertain could be sound. It's always around the money. There's good money for it. Last, uh, late, Chapada, which one turns up, you don't know. Um, but I think um, a lot of the attention in the marketplace will be certainly gravitating towards once
0: Now, we look at the uh, the Ned Sandown guineas over the 1600, and what a ripper race this is.
1: Well, it is. It's a group two event also over the 1600 metres, and a was here that I've been on since it's first ever started, and that was number well, three, the fortune teller. When it kicked off its uh, maiden win, it's won, it swan hill went by just over four lengths. And in start number six, I see no reason why the fortune teller can't win a Sandback Guinea. Uh, that's how progressive this horse is. I love the way it hit the line in the carbine club. So that's my top pick. Uh, I think around the $4 is probably the right odds. Uh, there's a lot of horses in this race that I think are question marks over the 1600 But one thing I do know, the way the fortune teller hit the line in the carbine club, I think uh, it'll chew up the, the mile and be very strong on
0: is a horse in this at thirty four dollars? I saw it uh, win at Packenham. It bolted in by ten it's by a capitalist a horse called Marxist, and it was just working up and looked like it wanted ground. So I think the mile will suit it, and at thirty four dollars, yeah, it could is. be a nice place chance.
1: Yeah, and you never deny anyone giving a thirty four dollars chance, Sean. And obviously, in this race, a lot of luck will take place. Who um, gets a perfect run in transit? Um, it's got to contend with an awkward barrier in fifteen, of course, and possibly will be a get back type horse in this race. Uh, you can get fear from Barrier 8 will probably be one of the leaders. I think whatever happens, if the fortune teller gets any luck in running, uh, they'll certainly
0: know about it late. Mm. All right, the fortune teller, Ma Eustace and uh, Johnny Allen. We look at the harness racing, Ballarat, what a night we've got lined up there. And Mick, isn't it good to see so many of the uh, trotters being featured these days? It's had a real resurgence, and I love them, the, the Square gaiters.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think it just gives a different element and there's a combination of obviously mobile start and stand start uh, in that type of uh, event. But at Ballarat tomorrow night, I think that's where a lot of the attraction will be, particularly in races 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. In races 2, 3, 4, they're the trotter seats and in races 5, 6, 7, they're the paces seats. And when you look at the first of the trotter seats, if you think it's two-horse play, uh, you just believe it's a six-year-old gouting race particularly well for crude Sugars. It's ninety five in the marketplace at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if it finds its way to the front and it'll be the horse to beat from that position. But the four-year-old Mev, is absolutely flying. And we hit it last week on the show, Queen Leader. It's around two and it's got the second row draw. It'll come through. It'll probably try to make a mid-race uh, to, um, move to get outside leader at some stage. And I think it'll be a race dominated by the two favourites. So six and nine there.
0: All right, that's the uh, first round for the Trotters. Now, race three is, uh, again, the first round for the um, It will Heat 2 again. We've got the Square Gators going around here, and, uh, put well, barriers one and two, pretty short.
1: Yeah, just just the you know, so is going to be probably the first leader. Um, I think it'll hold the front. I don't think it'll allow the New Zealand Horse Bolter Brands to go to the lead, um, and as you know, One's $2 and the other one's $1.95, so it looks a-racing too. But there's a probably a spanner in the works, number four, Sundance Courage, who's $19. It can zoom the gate, and I'm not sure whether it can cross Majestioso. but if they do light it up early, uh, that would, could make the race for the New Zealander. And then they've got Pink Galaz down there in uh, Barrier 10, who's first up for Spell, It's a bit of a people's favourite, considering how diminutive that horse is, but it always gets its best. But... Once again, it looks like a racing two, and I think this will be pace determined out of the gate. And if Majestic gets a soft run, it's obviously the one to beat, because I don't think New Zealand
0: will be knocked about to try to win the heat. It'll just be there to qualify. Actually, uh, at 12.30, we're doing a preview of the harness with Dan Malecki. Brittany Graham, who's driving uh, Majestic Harry on the next heat, will join us. And also, Tony Hurlahey, who will be behind Bolt for Brilliance, and Matty Craven behind Pink Gulas. They'll be uh, featuring between 12.30 and 1.00 two as we preview the harness. Mick, now uh, I mentioned Brittany. She's uh, behind Majestic Harry and hoping for the best in the fourth, but got to contend with one overall.
1: Yeah, well, the barrier draw probably makes it the logical pick. It'll be short, and I think it's about seventy at the moment. Um, it looks like if the it trot, uh, it's a bit risky. It has been risky from a stand start race, uh, from stand start races. If it happens to find the top, it's obviously the horse to be. It's got some great talent, and Greg Sugar's team's absolutely flying. He's one of our greatest... Uh, tri- uh, drivers at the moment going around, and probably Mufaso Metro is the danger. Uh, barrier 10, it's going really well. Good we win the other day, found plenty up the lane. And there's an interesting runner here over from Perth, um, who's now joined the Amaranth Clayton Stable, uh, Tonkin Stable, uh, and that's uh, B4 Bacardi. Um, it's got picket fence against its name, it's dominated trot races over there in Western Australia, but now it's new type of level it's got to, but it'll be really interesting to see if it does make dramatic improvement in uh, in this Inter-Dominion series, so a big watch on number nine, but I think three and ten of the
0: two. Yeah, I think the nine B4 Bacardi might have started here and then ventured over to the west, and it's just set a light over there.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and it's obviously a lesser talented type uh, field size and pool of trotters over in Western Australia, but it's obviously uh, made inroads, and as you know, uh, Emmer and Clayton making certainly... Uh, improve horses when they go to this table.
0: Mm, too right. Now, the uh, the fifth is the first round of the pacing championships. We've got a, well, a couple of emergencies taking a to run here. Monomia and Jullaby Nitro uh, at this stage, definitely out.
1: Yeah, McDan looks the early leader. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the stable, now out the Barrier 7. But I think from a leader's perspective, how the race is run, you think McDan's a logical one. That's the reason why it's very short in the marketplace at the moment, around dollar sixty. An interesting one for me is expensive ego number 10. If it recaps in it, its best form, I just think there's been times where you question whether it's got the zest for racing again. Um, but as we know, 12 months, eight months ago, it was all the flavour and it was the next big thing in the harness racing world. But Luigi McCarthy, we know how great a trainer he is and a driver. Uh, it would be interesting to see whether it can get um, back to its absolute best and if it does... It'll certainly beat the two other horses, but that's the question mark, and that's the reason why it's around four forty, whereas 40 whereas dollar sixty.
0: And Expensive Ego went around the Ballarat Cup. That was a fascinating race when that happened. Everything wanted to lead at one point, and he finished up in front, and he fought on well.
1: Yeah, we know the horse has got um, terrific ability. Uh, David Thorn trained the horse right from its uh, infancy, and then it found its way to Luke McCarthy, and it went through the roof in terms of the times it was running, um, the courage that it was showing, the strength it was displaying, but sometimes you just question whether or not a that you talk about was a gut runner, mm. and it really um, hurt the insides of the horse because it really didn't recover from that point. It wasn't the same horse, so it'd be interesting to see whether or not it can re, recapture its absolute best because if it does, uh, it'll be the horse to beat in this uh, in Pacers' heat, heat one of the Inter-Dominion
0: Series. Now, race six is the um, next heat for the Pacers. Already we've got one Tango Tara and three Alpine Stride have come out.
1: Yeah, well, this is an interesting affair as well because you've got Majestic Cruiser, who was absolutely magnificent in New Zealand Cup week, running second in the New Zealand Cup and obviously backing up on the Friday, the show day race, and uh, it ran second in that particular event, but it's drawn the tricky barrier of barrier eight inside the second row, and it's 5.50, and that's the reason why. you think the uh, Fitzpatrick-trained horse, whose Bromac, could find the early lead, but the interesting part of that is Elton Orlando, number seven off the front line, might spear across the lead, and then probably Luke McCarthy's got a decision to make does he hand up to a danger like Zeus Bromac, or does he try to keep the front, which could allow Spirit of St. Louis, uh, the stablemate, to have the best run in the race and possibly position itself to be a threat coming up the home straight. So I think there's a lot of queries over this heat. This is an intriguing heat. Quite a little bays in the market at 360. I think it's a little bit short, but I think the logical picks are the ones at the top of the market. Zeus Bromac, Majestic Cruiser and Spirit of St. Louis. And whatever happens at the start with Elton Orlando, they could determine the result. If Zeus Bromac finds a lead, it's the obvious one to beat, and I see there's been good money for it already.
0: Mick, the 7th is the uh, next round for the Pacers, and we've got uh, two emergencies not uh, well, not running at this stage, 13, 14, Monomere, Gilliby Nitro, and the pole marker, better eclipse very short.
1: Yeah, it's 2.15, and rightfully so, because it's got the uh, on draw. Uh, Greg Sugars has got some decisions to make. It's not a brilliant uh, barrier horse, but it can run the gate. But the one that could be the uh, spanner in the works in this particular heat is Ponzell Benjamin. and As we know, it's flies the gate, and just does Ryan Duffy right up, that horse at the start and crosses. It's not going that well. We know how good it was this time last year up there in Sydney. Um, but it presents probably an element of intrigue in this particular heat because if he does bear it out, then all of a sudden the race shape changes. Like a wildfire was uh, dominant last week, winning uh, last weekend. So I think better Eclipse with the run it'll get, it's a logical pick, but it'll need some luck. If it gets crossed or gets buried through fence, that could be a different proposition you've got perfect stride in Barrier 2 and also Saint per- in Barrier 8, it's going to be really good, easy, cushy rungs. Uh, I think this is the most difficult one to work out. Better pick the best horse at $2.15, probably slide under, depending on what happens at the start.
0: What's the best bet out of those uh, trotters and uh, paces heats? Can you find one?
1: Oh, I think Just Believe will win the first heat of the trotters. I think it'll find the front, and I reckon around the $2 mark it's shot pretty well. And I think uh, the way the race looks like presenting itself, I think, in the first heat of the paces. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Dan leads all the way because I think he can go to the top and dominate. So from a multi-perspective, they're the two standards. They're sure that they should be sweet.
0: Now, Mick, what a night of greyhounds. We've got Sandown tomorrow night as well, uh, the bold treats. And uh, this is uh, just a, a ripper. We're going to chat with Jack Strutt, who's got Stagger out. Lee the Red engaged a bit later on. Good race. Oh,
1: it's a ripper race, uh, race eight on the program, uh, the I love what's in the distance, staying races in the Greyhounds. And I think the leader run tack could spear to the front from box two. Stagger out lead the Greyhound you spoke about. It's very strong. It'll probably get crossed early and might get shuffled back a little bit from its uh, box draw. Um, Cornwall Magic couldn't have been more impressive. The dog down from New South Wales, it's just a winner. It'll be hard to beat with early luck. But the Greyhound that we spoke about last week, Floyd was the one that was going to get through to the finals. Moraine Susie, it was dominant, looked strong, locked second, got to the front, bring to make time. I think out there in box eight, if Golden Quest does a little bit of a favour, turns left, which it can do out of a box short, it could cut Moraine Susie across, and he could lock second or third, chasing out after untapped. I think it would be too strong. I think uh, Moraine Susie will get the job done around
0: $2.70. Melbourne Cup final, plate of doing perfectly. Box one, you get Patty. Paddy wants Pats, goes quick from pink.
1: Yeah, well, I've probably drawn a little bit uh, um, wrong for it. I think it's better greyhound closer to the rail. But notwithstanding that, if it does fly the lead, you could probably cross or entertain challenging plaintiff who's there in box one. And as we know, Jason Thompson, he's just a great trainer. Uh, Plaintiff is generally a faultless beginner. And as we know, box draws in Melbourne Cups are very, very important to results. And I think plaintiff, if it comes out, which I think it will, um, I think it'll get a little bit of room early, um, butter underneath, tie them later. in the hunt for the lead. He will Yarchy Bale. I think it'll look to get all the favours in the run. plaintiff at two dollars fifty looks the obvious. Um, Greyhound to beat. But if Patty wants Pat does spear out, it could be a different proposition. If they do happen to jam up, you've got Greyhounds like Yarchie Bale at thirteen dollars. It's strong. It's chasing hard for Mark Dalbridge. He has his he has his uh, stable kennel kennel flying. Uh, zippy Tesla at $20, it can never be denied. It, lo- it loves stand down. And even Eldorado for Daryl Holmes, it's value uh, at $11. Uh, it's at 15 starts, it's turned down for 8 wins. And we know it can run time. So it's an interesting, intriguing Melbourne Cup. And I think every five years i glued to the uh, television at Sky Channel listening to RSN.
0: Uh, watching uh, or listening to this great race, Race 10 on the program on Saturday night. Mick, we're going to be cross-eyed by Saturday night. There's so much to look at between the yeah, gallops. We'll, we'll meet Big Bang. <laughs> yeah. Too right we do. Uh, good luck over the weekend and enjoy the lunch today too with Brian Lara. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, can't
1: wait. Can't wait to meet you, the great man. um be great to catch up with him and
0: have a good chat about all things cricket. Good on you, Mick, Mick McGuan